Welcome to the Department of Homelander Security, the officially unofficial podcast for the boys on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season three, episode one, two, and three, Payback, The Only Man in the Sky, and Barbary Coast. Uh, Aaron, this is going to be a little bit of a different podcast from our normal stuff uh, with the boys because we usually do a full recap. There's so much to get through today, though, that that's pretty much impossible uh, on any human time scale. So uh, we'd have to be superhuman. We'd have to be like the person who can, whose power can recap TV shows really fast. And I'm not, <laughs> I don't have that power. I'm sorry. I took the V24. All I got was a stupid laser vision. So, yeah, we, we'd mentioned in a preview podcast, we didn't think we'd get screeners, but we actually got screeners at the last minute. If we had had them uh, two weeks before, we probably could have gotten, uh, more individual episodes, but we're kind of yeah. in, uh, we had like uh, a couple of days to to get these three episodes watched and covered. Now, going forward, we're going to do scene by scene, episode by episode recaps. But today mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit of a blended approach because I'm sure most people are going to watch this as a bit of a binge. And reminder, if you, uh, well, no, it's already too late. Um, we were we're we're <laughs> yeah. watching at least the first three episodes live on our Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash bald move. Uh, we're gonna see how that goes because we might continue that through the summer, uh, depending on how many people show up and whatnot. But imagine most people are gonna binge it and they're gonna be listening to one episode, wanting to listen to a podcast, listen to the next episode. So this is kind of the the the, the way we're doing it. But going forward, we'll have mm-hmm. episode or scene by scene recaps. And I'm I'm kind of thinking it's better to binge these first three episodes. I'm kind of glad they released all three at once because they are very much of a piece. And I. You know, the first episode is a lot of just catching up with people like where are they now um, from from where we left them last season. And then you get kind of some setup in the second episode. And I I mean, episode three really just kind of sets up the rest of the season in a way that is kind of terrifying. Uh, And I'm super excited to see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah, we will definitely get there. Um, I figure the way we can talk about this is sort of character based um as as it relates to the threads of the episodes uh i did want to start off with a character who is not going to be like super front and center in this season before we start with that do we want to just talk about our general thoughts on these first three episodes okay yeah what do you think of them i'm glad the boys is back i've missed the boys uh season one was a pretty funny and bloody deconstruction of the superhero genre. I think season two continued that, but added some genuine like pathos and character development that surprised me. And season three seems to be trucking right along. Like I'm impressed at the insane things that happen in these episodes and the shit that butcher and company get up to. And yet they still find time to say some pretty insightful, interesting things about the world we live in, the way we relate to people uh, crime, justice, foreign policy. Like, I'm really impressed at how this show uh, and, and continues to stay relevant to, like, our times. Um, yeah. I, I was just really impressed. And I, because, you know, when I hear Eric Kripke talking about, like, oh, the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the first episode is going to be the craziest shit you've ever seen. And I think of terms <laughs> of, like, crazy. the great, the crazy shit I've seen on the show. And I'm like, you know, no, it actually kind of lives up to the hype. Um, uh-huh. a Ant Man esque character doing the full Thanos gambit, 
you know, climbing up uh, the piss hole of another person and then sneezing when they're in their, you know, some, somewhere in their urinary tract and exploding them from the crotch. Uh, I mean, where else are you going to see that? But uh, dark, dark, dark rule 34 pits of the Internet and the boys. Yeah, I mean, the the boys continues to deliver imagery that I've never seen anywhere else. Uh, Violence on another scale entirely. Um, Yeah, I I don't know how they'll continue to escalate that. I, I feel like the craziest thing that happened so far is in that first 10, 15 minutes of the episode. Um you know, I have almost gotten desensitized to bodies just turning into chunky salsa. It seems to happen uh, with everything. Like, yes, you you explode a person inside out. Sure, chunky salsa. You fall from a building top of, you know, eight stories up or whatever. Chunky salsa. I'm a little surprised by that. But sure, sure. The boys has a style. The boys definitely has a style uh, <laughs> that, that I like. And some of the stuff that's like... Mm-hmm. It's not even visually brutal. It's just like what Butcher is doing. Um, There's a point where one of the characters says to Butcher, you're going to put dozens of innocent people at risk to further your agenda. And he's like, I'm embarrassed for the both of us that you even have to ask. (laughs) He is just so bloody minded and single single minded in his focus to, to take down Homelander and the rest of these soups. I think he's just I mean, again, Holy shit, Carl Urban. Uh, yeah. Carl Urban and Anthony Star uh, Star <laughs> as Homelander. The mm-hmm. stuff they do with their faces at the extremes of their performances. Like, I can't get enough of... You know, on the internet, you hear, like, like Golden Retrievers. is like, no thoughts, only floof in their head. Like, sure. every time you go in the Homelander's internal thought, it's just, like, a high-pressure blast wave just went off. You just hear that, like, the high-pitched whine. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the the sound of insanity. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, every season that's been this kind of central conundrum of, like, there is a control mechanism for uh, Homelander, like Elizabeth Shue's breasts. Uh, and you know his public reputation and mm-hmm. one by one they're taken away and like how are you possibly going to control this person yeah. at the end of episode three <laughs> and yet <laughs> Stan Edgar I'm so excited yeah Stan Edgar doesn't seem like he's super worried about it dude I, I really want to dig into what the hell he's doing because he seems to not only not be worried about it but intentionally provoking him and that to me is crazy, crazy. And is and is it because he's got like he's already injected himself a super V and he knows that he's just got the upper hand on Homelander or is I this know, a you want to see this? <laughs> I, I, I man. You really want to see him who, rip off his business suit and have like a super suit underneath. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see Gustavo Fring <laughs> blow Homelander through a skyscraper? I mean, sure. come on. Like, sure. it, it sounds too awesome to be to be true. More um, or less than you want to see Butcher do it. Because mm. I'm also very much looking forward to that fight. Why not both? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't know, but I think it's just this this balance of power, this jockeying for power, is just super fascinating. Especially since it's like taken to the nth degree. Like, uh, yeah, I think that's why the boys is kind of interesting and relevant because it takes all of our like kind of like political disputes and our social societal disputes and just turns them to eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Like if you're afraid of the fragility of democracy, well, what if you had a person leading a, mo- a movement that's literally untouchable, that's literally unstoppable? Yeah. Um, and 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 the thing that you think is going to keep him under control, which is like if he, you know, if, if people found out who he was at his his core, that they'd reject him. What if that just makes his fans love him all the more? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you stop this 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 creature? I think that stuff is is really interesting. Um. And yeah, like I said, this shows go ahead. And I was going to say along those lines, like there's something that Huey says to Starlight at some point about like at some point you have to be just as mean and nasty as they are in order to defeat the people who are doing the evil things. Um, Yeah. Is that true? You know, I mean, I'm I'm interested in exploring that topic because I have my own opinions on it. And I think the show probably has an opinion. I want to see what they say about that. Uh, and, and you know, they're approaching it from a lot of different angles with Stan, with Homelander, with Huey, uh, with Starlight. I think all of these things are going to mix pretty well. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're commenting on so much, like their their breadth of commentary goes all the way to like the CIA's involvement of South American governments <laughs> sure. in the 1980s to the Britney Spears conservatorship. Uh, yeah. story like like it's crazy the breadth that they're able to touch on without being too heavy handed um, and yet still like think I think make really good points to, to kind of make you think and, and also it's like impossible to enjoy the show without being aware of any of that shit too just kind of like watching as an awesome for sure uh, admittedly awesome superhero show um, that's extremely subversive I, in fact I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one those shows a that gets kind of two fan bases, one that mm-hmm. is kind of like really buying into the subtext and the other that is not aware of the subtext at all, or like maybe is even violently opposed to the subtext, but you know, they just unironically are attracted to like Homelander, you know? Yeah. Uh, a, a Homelander style figure anyway. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, uh, it's good to have the boys back in the neighborhood um, I was we were wondering about how they would bring everybody back together. I thought they did that really well in the space of three episodes, although yeah. as they're bringing people together, there's also signs of fracturing um, already <laughs> in the reconstituted boys group. But uh, sure. Yeah. The moment Huey steps in the door, it starts to fracture. But yeah. 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 Uh, Butcher's doing a good job of alienating people himself, though, too. He does. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, well, do we have any other non-spoiler thoughts or? I don't think so. I, I wanted to talk briefly about a character we weren't sure was going to be back and ultimately doesn't stay in the show for very long. Uh, Stormfront. Yes. We we debated in the preview cast about whether or not she was actually alive or whether that was a Vought, uh, you know, PR move. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she is alive. But boy, she's not in good shape. And by the end of this, she's actually killed herself because I guess she's lost the the Ubermensch, uh, uh, you know, superhero Nazi guy that she thought she was going to have the thing that they've been working on for 100 years or whatever. Um, yeah. And she just realizes that dream is dead. Which is interesting because that then triggers Homelander to kind of become the thing in a lot of ways that she wanted him to be right. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly how racist he is uh, and how like white power he's going to go, but he's definitely like taken the restraints off uh, at because of her death. So I don't know. That's, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I wonder like are they with with Homelander are they playing around the idea of like some kind of big tent fascism like uh mm-hmm. or authoritarianism because they're not the same, you know, like wanting uh, uh like Homelander can not be racist and still be an authoritarian fuck. Totally. Um and then you know and then the other thing is like there's a difference between being actively racist and institutionally racist because it seems like mm-hmm. homelander does have a lot of like bigoted views certainly against muslims yeah uh that, that we get in these episodes i feel like that they we touched on that before but he's not he's like you know uh he still retains the ability to be like oh fuck nazis um which, which i think is an interesting distinction to make that the, the show because like at the end result you know uh, there's lots of ways you can get to a society that's not free fascism, totalitarianism, authoritarianism. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to explore those different ones. I, again, with the head of the movement being this kind of unaccountable God figure. And there's a lot of bigotry other than racism. So sure. You, know, you could sure. definitely fall into a lot of the same traps just with different flavors. It's easy for Homelander to not be racist because to him, you can invite everybody else up into Homelander and the rest of the sniveling weak people that need to be saved. Sure. So, like, he's literally bigoted against people who aren't supers and, you know, he divides the worlds into that and he's the most powerful super. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you got the, like, Jesus Christ, they're so subversive because uh, Stormfront's laying there, essentially Anakin Skywalkered. Mm-hmm. Uh, post Obi Wan Kenobi high ground, she's legless, armless. She has one useful hand. Uh, she's missing an eye. She's just in the worst shape, which makes me wonder: like, is did she just use up all of her V in that confrontation, or is Vought keeping her from regenerating? Like, why? Why isn't she getting better? I guess oh, it I doesn't. Don't know. Um, but they use the opportunity for have her one good hand to give the to give a Homelander a failed home uh, hand job <laughs> home that job. he can't even yeah. a home job he can't even <laughs> uh-huh. enjoy because she's too she brings her Nazi rhetoric into it you know uh-huh. yeah yeah he's not having it uh, no that was that was pretty funny and I knew what was happening as soon as he like started walking up there I could tell uh, but then yeah it's it's very very funny uh, and and. It, it, what, are, what are they doing with his birthday? It may, maybe we should talk about this. So, so let's go to Homelander, right? The the place we start with him is he is very much being held back and in check by this video they have of him and Maeve on this plane, leaving a bunch of people to die in a crash. Uh, that's kind of where we left him at the end of season two. They were blackmailing him. And the fact uh, that a significant portion of society has also turned on him because of the whole Stormfront situation. So it's right. like a one-two punch. Which we see she has her fans, too. The Storm Chasers the storm are, are chasers. this racist Jesus. following that she's developed. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he is very much on a leash. And over the course of these three episodes, we see that leash come off. We see him realize that there's nothing actually that Stan Edgar or Starlight or anybody can do to him. And he's fed up with trying to play the part that they want him to play. Uh, and I, I, I mean, this is the thing that I'm most interested in seeing how it plays out because I don't know how you stop this. Like he's saying, like, if he wants to wipe New York off the face of the earth, he can do it. Yeah. It that, might that, take him his, an afternoon, but he can do it. 
his outlining the systematic destruction of America. Like, I first want to hit the nerve centers. I'm going to yeah. start with Washington. I'm going to do the command and control. Once I do that, I'm going to wipe off the major cities. I'm going to go around all you fucks, Casey, hillbilly towns. I'm going to wipe them off the map just because I can. Uh, and the fact that he's... How much of that is a bluff? I wonder how much of it is he... Does he really think... Because I guess, like, that's the thing. It's like, well, I guess... That, that's that's the thing. It's like when he says... What was the line he says? It's like, I want to be loved. But being feared is A, number one. And I can pull that off easy. Like, I can make the world kneel before me. And that's kind of just as good at the end of the day. So, yeah, if you take the... Okay. If you if you take the love option off, then the fear option. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying, especially since there's this a push and pull between him and Starlight, where like Starlight started being you know empowered by Stan Edgar to like be the co captain to make decisions on staffing the team, and like her kind of provoking Homelander and pushing mm-hmm. him in a corner, push him in a box, and doing things to piss him off. And by the end of episode three, we see him push back the other way with a vengeance. And I'm wondering, yeah. you know, with this this fake relationship, like Huey had this brave stand of like, we got to do whatever it takes uh, to bring these guys down. We got to play dirty. Like, how's he going to feel with Homelander? Like, what does that even mean? Homelander being a, like, uh, we know what happened with Becca. Um, they made this really like chilling reference to her performing against her will in, in obvious pain, uh, this child pageant in the beginning and her like clenching mm-hmm. her fist to, to hide the pain and her doing the same thing with Homelander, you know, out, outing myself as his boyfriend. That shit I felt was dark, man. Like, Oh yeah. No, a woman trained from infancy to infancy to do whatever it takes to win over a crowd and keep like, and and her boyfriend putting her in that position uh, as the one who's going to be probably the one that bears the brunt and how like she's pulled into, you know, she, I don't know if you want to talk about Starlight yet, but I found that like, yeah, sure. Just sickening. The fact that she begins the episodes like talking to the new recruits that they're auditioning for the seven like supersonic that she has a personal relationship with. And she's like, you know, you should make waves. You, we shouldn't do business as usual. We should take a stand. And then when she finds out the situation with Homelander is degrading, like, uh, actually you might want to head for the Hills and him acting on that previous encouragement and mm-hmm. how just m- much more the dangers escalated. I thought that was just, just, I feel so bad for starlight, I guess. Oh uh, Yeah. And I, I mean, all of this is so part of the reason this show is so good is because they're writing all these pieces to come together in really interesting ways. Right. Because yeah. you don't get Starlight uh, pushing Homelander with, you know, her picks for the the two replacement uh, seven members unless you get Stan Edgar in there telling her like, hey, you, you real power is being able to bend the world to your will. Uh, so he's kind of like inciting her to do this thing to antagonize homelander for some reason not sure why but also i I think it's super interesting with supersonic how they're bringing in they're bringing back this like love triangle and i don't know if that part of it is going anywhere but the thing that is happening here is huey sees how corrupt the system is because he realizes who newman is uh and and her powers and how she relates to vaught um and decides hey we have to fight dirty here 
and he's pushing her to stay in a situation that is very bad for her and very scary while this other guy is saying i'm not going to leave you in this situation alone i'm going to go in there with you and Mm. like the ways that these things connect right Uh, so it's like okay is she is she getting the support she needs from Huey or is he just forcing her into a situation that is very dangerous? And, and maybe he has his reasons. He certainly does, but it's, it's a scary thing. So I I don't know. I really like that. I I thought Uh, that was such a great thing um, where, you know, they have this Huey kind of like power montage of him just being the man at the office and riding high, getting 60, you know, 60% of the superhero, uh, collateral death is down uh, and we've done it without and we've done it all without being covered with blood and guts at the end of the day because that was like Huey's statement at the end like there's got to be a better way than butcher because like it doesn't really work and you end up covered in blood and guts mm-hmm. and then him being at the end of that episode with Newman you know he's hiding behind a dumpster in an alley and he's done things the right way and it's still not working and he's once again covered with blood and guts uh, yeah. again like that's like you said, all these things written to kind of coincide and reinforce each other and, you know, arrive. I just think it's so much better than it needs to be on a show like this. Uh, oh, that I, I kind of want to celebrate that. Like, man, look at these people taking the time to sweat the details, sweat the character relationships, uh, put them on max, you know, fork them into maximum effect. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, kind of already started talking about Starlight. Uh, she is with Huey at the beginning of this season. They're they're seemingly happy happily in this relationship. Um, she's kind of just attending to the going concerns of the seven mostly, um, with you know movies and events, uh, things like that. And eventually, you know, Stan Edgar comes to her and says, "Hey, I'm making you co-captain of the seven, and this will give you an opportunity to kind of remake." the seven in the way you see fit because as we find out he gives her full authority final decision on the new uh replacement members both of them for uh the seven and then she takes that and sort of runs with that ball and ends up pissing off homelander who then decides you know what i've had enough i'm I'm not going to be the lapdog anymore i'm not gonna be what uh vaught wants me to be here so he turns the tables on her he says, look, go ahead and release your stupid video. Uh, I've given a speech that made everybody love me because I said exactly what I felt. Um, and it was against everything that Vought wanted. And it worked for me. So go ahead and release it. We'll see what happens. Uh, and, and he does so like saying also it's it's a, like a um, there's this threat too of like, OK, if it does go poorly, if people like see this video and turn on me well i no longer have the love like you said before now all i have left is fear and i'm really going to flex the fear muscle because that's yeah why wouldn't i at that point uh so she's why like we're talking about completely uh i don't know depowered at the end of this episode right like she she gets all these promotions and stuff and now now what the hell like in the end of episode three homelander gets up on uh, one of their events. I can't even remember what it was. Maybe his it birthday. Was the America's event. hero, like uh, crowning. Oh, right, right. For the, the TV show they're producing, the reality show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he basically says, uh, Starlight and I are in love and forces the deep her rapist to on to the show. So he does like two things back to back to like punch right. her right in the metaphorical mouth. 
Yeah, so the Deep and Supersonic both make it onto the team. It's, uh, it's interesting because they're, they're, they're playing with this idea that I think we flirted with our, on our conversation about the, uh, the season preview of this captured opposition. Like that's um, say you have a regular like the FDA. It's it's set to, you know, you're supposed to regulate the food and drugs of, of the America. And let's say that over the course of many years, uh, your Tyson chickens, your Eli Lilly pharmaceuticals, your Pfizer's have worked to put uh, former board of directors, shareholders like the FDA is entirely staffed by people beholden to that agency uh, that you call that a that captured or controlled opposition. So it's like, hey, we're playing by the rules, but you're writing the rules. The people who are enforcing the rules are your lackeys. And I think it's interesting that they're doing like Newman, who was this like people's crusader. You know, we talked about her being the not AOC, the people who everyone looks to as like, you know, the shining hope for politics in the future. Actually the adopted orphan out of this Red River super orphanage by Stan Egger, who's raised her as a daughter uh, who is a father figure to her and she is actually a superpower that can explode people's heads and he you know has been playing you know, like he's he he has completely subject subverted the 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 state of will of the American people which is have an oversight committee over this um and the same thing with starlight like Stan Edgar's empowered her to do this that and the other and you know get these good PR vibes of having her be on top of this uh, but but homelander is completely uh, defanged and neutered that. It's another way you can have a, a captured opposition. An op- opposition is toothless, fangless. It can do nothing, you know, to, to really stop you or hinder you in any way. Um, it's not hard to look out into our existing political landscape and see these, these this this type of corruption everywhere. Oh, sure, um, yeah. But I think it's interesting how, I, I really like how the boys are bringing kind of this uh, to people's conscious that, you know, just the idea that you can have structures like this, um, is is helpful for people to know um and then you know if it's if it's uh if it's people are exploding heads and destroying cities it's i guess the satire is all the better yeah we've seen stan edgar trying to worm his way into you know the military industrial complex and politics um over the last couple of seasons it seems like he is making those inroads especially with uh what's his name running for president uh, singer uh, Jim Beaver, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh huh. I forget his his he he's running as a as a pro military kind of Democrat president, right? Right, and I have to imagine he's backed at least a little bit by Stan um, as far as funding for his campaigns go and things like that. Um, it it does make me wonder, you know, what is Stan Edgar's end game here? Is especially as it relates to Homelander, is he trying to? To construct a scenario in which Homelander becomes a villain that he can then take down using... Is this like a a domestic terrorism kind of threat? Because uh, I, I know we had like a, a terrorism sort of through line in last season. Right. But if, you know, the no place is safe, if even the quote-unquote good guys here are villains... It, is that justification for getting the military to sign off on his V24 usage? I, ah, man. Cause there's like, even as Jen, the, the, the Senator who's running for uh, president pointed out, it's like, there's, I, I think there's two things. I think that 
Stan Edgar and working with the superheroes essentially from the infancy, as we find out, he was involved in like the very first team payback, uh, their dirty dealings in Nicaragua, et cetera, et cetera, that he sees the weakness of essentially making gods because you have to cater to their individual egos. You've built them up. You've made them heroes. It seems like the temp V, uh, the V 24 solves a couple of those problems. Number one, uh, you are not making someone a permanent hero. They're they're in uh and completely dependent on you. Their power uh flows from you to them. It's not something that they can retain for themselves. So that solves the problem of like how do you deal with a homelander? And two, it's also a great business. Like as as the 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 the, the politician pointed out, it's like, okay, well it's gonna cost thirty million dollars per soldier. There's X so many soldiers in a battalion. There's X amount like you know, if we're operating in a theater war, it's going to cost us 300, you know, billion. It's, it's a way to, uh, to, 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 it's a way to keep the money flowing. You know, you don't have like oh, sure. a one and done situation. And then you've got, so it it's solves a subscription like service. Yeah. Instead it's, of a one time payment. Yeah. Superheroes as a service. S A S A J S. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's brilliant. And I don't know like which one is the more, is the profit seeking motive? Is it the inconvenience of the superheroes and their lavish, uh, embarrassing lifestyles? Um, can be both. I'm not, you I'm know, not sure. Can see yeah. the opportunity there and figure out a way to take advantage of it. Um, but he'd have to like, it's while, while the Vought is walking away from like this entire industry that they built up the Vought cinematic universe. And I also, I love the way that they're perfectly aping the Marvel stuff, the studio logos, the self-importance, the, mm-hmm. the, the comic con news cycles. Uh, they've got a Vought TV of like Vought for women where it's all, you know, very gauzy and relationship based and the deep getting him as his, his wife out of the cult. And yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which uh, Billy Zane, Billy Zane as the cult leader, <laughs> I thought was uh, a nice touch. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's it's hard to tell. Like the cynicism of Stan Edgar, um, the pra- where does the the where does the pragmatism and the cynicism meet? I have no fucking clue with this guy. I'm I'm going full uh, cynical on this guy. I think like given the opportunity, he will not just, you know, provide the U S military with this V 24 compound to make temporary super soldiers. I think he would also sell it to other countries to perpetuate the need for the super yeah, soldiers. Given the opportunity you know? for sure. Right. So I, I'm full cynical on this guy. We'll see. It's it's also, so there's two, like, so there's a couple of things that they have while we're on the subject um, that could counter Homelander. There is some secret anti-soup gun weapon, which I didn't catch the name of. Yeah. Uh, I tried listening because, you know, again, with our, uh, with our, with our screeners, we don't have subtitles. Um, there wasn't like any kind of press information. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever it is, it's a, it's a gun that put, could potentially, they think it might've killed uh soldier boy, which was the strongest superhero before. Uh, and they think it could kill Homelander. But also seems like if you just got a bunch of if you took a thousand soldiers, shot them up with V24 and told them to go kill Homelander, they could probably get it done. And then 24 hours later, how you know, how you know, how much hell can they can they kick and until they're depowered? Um, Although I wonder if they're hinting with Butcher that the V24 might because like he seems to be having um, after effects. 
Yeah. Laser hours longer than 24 hours. You should call your physician immediately. <laughs> like he's there. There's there's some pro, there's some problems. So I wonder if um, and they keep on ominously talking about how they haven't worked out the issues. There's still a few kinks mm-hmm. they have. And Butcher is just slurping this shit down. Or at least he's had one capsule. Um, so I, sure. I, what, what, of, of those two, that's the thing. It almost feels like the superhero gun is a bit of a MacGuffin because it does seem like you just take 100 troopers you feed them uh, compound V twenty four. You can ha- you can take care of the Homelander situation. Probably, yeah. I, I don't know what V twenty four's abilities are. Like, does it give you a specific set of superpowers, or is it kind of down to your genetics, or how does it interact with with humans uh, in a predictable way? That's a good question because we've seen the compound V uh, beneficiaries have had everything from Homelander and Maeve and Starlight to the the, the or whatever the fuck that guy was. Yeah. The guy who just regenerated shit, which is like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. cool. But and then you've got the love sausage guy uh, like the deep to fish. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it's like it, it seems and like Butcher seems like he's essentially super strong, super vulnerable. He's got like Homelander light powers. I wonder yeah. that, too, because like I didn't think it's something that Vought could customize. It's like they give you this thing that mutates you, that forces you into some kind of superheroic mutation. But you don't know whether you're going to get like Toad from the X-Men or you're going <laughs> yeah. to get Kal-El, you know, Superman. Sure. Yeah, but, that's my uh, I, I imagine. If you take a hundred soldiers and you pump them full of V twenty four, some combination of those would probably be enough to take down take down Homelander. Probably, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where Stan's going with that because he's definitely like intentionally antagonizing Homelander, and it's got to be part of his larger strategy. Well, and then you've got also Homelander and Butcher making a deal on the side that uh, they're going to force this thing to some kind of bloody confrontation no matter what happens. So that feels inevitable. Yeah. I suppose he could just be pushing Homelander over the edge so he will go nuclear, right? He will start attacking the White House and attacking... You almost need him to, right? Because like like if Stan Edgar takes that theoretical thousand soldiers, pumps them full of V-24, and they just go and they fucking murk Homelander... Uh-huh. That's a PR disaster. That looks like you just oh, assassinated sure. a beloved hero just as he's speaking out against the abuse and the silencing and the persecution that that you've accused him of. So they yeah. they need Homelander to kind of step out of line and 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 and, and get his Q ratings down before they can move against him. Uh, yeah. And that's that's, um, you know, kind of Stan Edgar's speech, right? Power is bending the world to your will. And I feel like part of that is public opinion. Um, getting people to believe certain things. I wonder with them um, introducing the idea that Mallory and him have known each other um, since at least the early eighties is the whole boys unit itself. Another form of captured opposition. You're going to find out that the boys has (laughs) been like Stan Edgar's legacy project is to get rid of like, okay, these boys have served their purpose. Now we've got the temporary compound V that's the end goal. We want to take these supers off the map. So we have had this long-term antagonistic relationship with the boys to provoke them into doing something crazy. You know, like, like if, if butcher's been playing into his hands the entire time. Yeah. For soups. Yeah, Uh, it could be. Yeah, I I do buy what Mallory is saying here, although I'm not sure I should uh, about, you know, how all this went. Right. 
Um, well, she could be a pawn too. She could be a dupe as well. Sure. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's um, interesting that like what turned her against supers was her relationship with Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Uh, what went down in Nicaragua <laughs> and that was a Stan Edgar's joint, you know, that right. was like he, that was that uh, he supervised and spearheaded that whole thing that served to just demoralize and antagonize this Lieutenant Colonel of the CIA that later. So it's like, man, you look at it's I, I said, I, I haven't looked ahead. I haven't read the comic books. It's just something that raised my eyebrow with like when I'm seeing all the other opposition being captured too. Yeah, so I, I love that scene uh, with, you know, the the Operation Charlie stuff in Nicaragua. Um, so so the the boys kind of get back together over the course of these three episodes, right? And and Huey realizes because what he found out about uh, Congresswoman Newman um, that she's you know been a soup all along and working with Vod. He then says, "Look, we got to do it dirty. We got to do it Butcher's way." And he joins the boys again, and mm-hmm. the boys go to Mallory to hear more about soldier boy and about uh, this operation in Nicaragua and that whole scene, just like the, the soups being these idiot cowboys who are just out there with no training. All they have is their superpowers and they just fuck everything up, right? They're killing their own guys. They're, they're yeehawing their way through some battle. They're getting themselves killed. It's, it's just a shit show down there. <laughs> and, and, and you can see that like the program here is in no way ready to take on any kind of resistance. No, the whole difference between, you know, a superhero and a trained soldier, someone who's working as a unit uh, that, re- you know, respects things like operational security and these guys like yeah. that Swato is like, you know, wanting to fly and show off. And she's down <laughs> the whole time. Like you're going to get, you're going to reveal our position course he does and then when he tries like fuck this i'm off and then the russians shoot him down with a surface to air missile yep. <laughs> and of course what does he do he blows it turns into human chunky salsa right uh <laughs> no it, it uh yeah i forget what was i i feel like you're building to a point and i just jumped in to, to emphasize something <laughs> uh, oh it's just like the 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 lack of thought put into this is crazy mm. to me. This is like a trial program and you know, the, the young Stan Edgar comes in here with this band of idiots that he's just seeing what happens. And, and I can't tell that these people are any better trained now uh, for, for that type of work. I, I, I assume like a, the program he's looking for is, Hey, we sell you, these vials to make your already trained soldiers super soldiers so i don't have to deal with any of that training stuff because uh, he doesn't know how to do it seemingly mm-hmm. and so why doesn't why don't they do that as a trial run that's what i'm saying right? like it, it, it comes back to well i think also I, Stan, I think it was stanford stanford edgar uh i thought stanford? that was really funny yeah oh, that's how he introduced himself i'm stanford edgar <laughs> huh. i think the reason he doesn't do that in the first place is because the the um, source of the superpowers is a secret, right? Like Vought's mm. been working on this stuff that turn that makes superheroes, but nobody knows that they think they're born right. with powers. So, like, yeah, he doesn't want to reveal that fact. Plus, this, Stan just manipulates everything and everyone for such petty reasons. Um, for example, 
I thought it was interesting that Black Noir, uh, back in his payback days in the 80s, when he was going to join this new sh- outfit called the Sevens, like, you know, I want to not stop wearing my mask. I want to reveal the fact that I'm black. I want, and Stan Edgar's like clucking like, oh, you don't want to do that because here's the Q ratings and here's what people think about black. And I just want to do it. And by the end of that battle, his face has been so badly mangled and he's so badly injured that it's very clear to draw a line for him. Just like, I'm going to keep wearing this mask. Yeah. And Stan Edgar even threatening him that like, oh, well, if you're going to wear your mask and I guess you can fight crime in Minnesota where you want like he just engineers everything to his benefit down mm-hmm. to people's injuries and placements and stuff like that. So um, I did feel a little bit of sympathy for some of these superheroes, too, because I don't know why would they think that what they were doing in Nicaragua was wrong? You know, there's superheroes. They're super powerful. They're going down there like this should be easy to clean up the stuff. But like, um, yeah. you know, they're they're preferred almost like USO show like they're moral. They're 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 moralizing the troops. They're getting them. They're they're boosting their morale by being superheroes. Uh, the stuff that like gets them celebrated in the cities gets people killed in the jungles. Like I said, it's it's hard not to feel a little bit um, sorry for some of these heroes. Um, I guess this sure. is kind of like we just got done with the we own the city situation where they're put in this system. And at this and, and this we're not talking about adults, but my children are put in this mm-hmm. system and rewarded for doing things that are not necessarily in the public's good. And every time they shit the bed, there's a maid there to wipe their ass and give them clean sheets. Why would they turn out any differently? Yeah, good question. Um, where do you want to go from here? We've got a few other characters we haven't really talked about. Um, haven't talked about some of Butcher's other stuff that's going on. He's been, you know, having this uh, battle for the heart of Ryan, who is Rebecca's son by Homelander, um, who also has superpowers, is a, a little Homelander. I feel like they're they're pushing ryan away they're at they're put piling a lot of trauma onto this kid um mm-hmm. and it doesn't just stop at like butcher's overt shit where he's telling the kid uh you know maybe i don't want to look at you after what you did to becca you know uh, that's very overt but then kamiko comes in and ryan's asking her about her powers and how she feels about them and she's like i hate my powers i wish i never got my powers you know this is this is teaching this kid a little bit of self-hate here. And that is toxic, or it certainly can be. Um, I'm I'm a little worried where Ryan's going in this scenario. Yeah, because like on one hand, like I want them, I want people like Kamiko to be honest about the right. real world and Ryan. But the problem is, is like, yeah, it's a systemic issue where the way heroes are treated you know, you're like uh, Ryan is essentially a backup weapon to defeat Homelander. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that he's existing. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the, it's the system that's fucked up. Um, and she's and telling playing- it to him very emotionally in this moment, right? She's, she's feeling very strongly about this thing because she's just come off the back of some disturbing stuff. And helping the kid like to relate to his own emotions, I don't think that's a necessarily bad thing. Sure. But like what Butcher's doing here, and, and they're making it, it's um, <laughs> yeah. it's an addiction issue, right? Like he's getting addicted to the V and causing it to, you know, he's having to already hide things and lie to people. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's a an ego a pride thing honestly yeah and i think it's interesting because like it's it's a like the addiction is a is also standing for the obsession that they all have to take down the soups um sure you know like mother's milk the fact that like as much as he wants a normal relationship with his kids uh and his 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 ex uh at the deep down he loves his vendetta against soldier boy more than he loves the idea of him being a family man there for his children. Yeah. Um, and butcher as much as he clearly, uh, has tried very hard in the last year since we've seen him, like Mallory says, like, you know, you haven't done any extrajudicial killings. You've been kind of flying on a straight and narrow. Um, you're not your dad's son. You are something better. You are proving that you're a worthy father figure for this Ryan. And we see the dev- dividends is paying. Cause like Becca said that like the Ryan needs a mom. Uh, that's what Homelander never had. That's why he turned into what he did. And butcher had the opportunity to be that father figure. And he throws away by the end of this episode for what to defeat mm-hmm. Homelander. Uh, yeah. But he's creating another Homelander, potentially, if you go by what Becca and everybody else is saying. So, right. Already, like the first, like it's, uh, and it, I, I also love how he fought. Like he knew this was a bad idea. The second that uh, yeah. they gave him the three vials, he looks at it and he's as a nightmare about the type of person he could become. And, you know, him deciding to take it anyway when like the, the the whole world is essentially giving him the green light and saying it, it'll be okay butcher if you do it and he finally mm-hmm. does and like every it, it's sad it's sad um i felt really that 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 scene where he's in the bathroom and he's trying to control his eyes and he's having to be you know he's, he's trying to be a uh put on a brave face for ryan but he's lying to him and then that final scene where he just like devastates him like this is the kid's mother and his father figure rejecting him because of what he did to that mom. Yeah. Accidentally. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh it's a testament to Ryan. I guess he didn't tear butcher in half, but <laughs> yeah, he was looked like he was about to, um, looked like it could have gone, looked like we could have another can of chunky human salsa, but, uh, didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, laser vision, I like the, the scenes at the gun show when butcher is trying to get close to gunpowder and get information about where soldier boy went. Um, the, those scenes are, are both very funny, but also I, I don't know. Like I, at, at times I want to root for butcher to take the V 24, right. And become super powered and sure. go after Homelander because Homelander is such a nasty shit, but also, you know it ties back in with the huey stuff like do we just become them do we just become the evil that we're fighting uh in order to fight him uh it's it's very interesting and and it's always like you can get like super excited about seeing an awesome fight but then you have to consider the broader implications and consequences of that fight right this show does that it'll it'll tease you with like won't this be awesome when but then after it always like lays everything out in a way that makes you feel almost dirty for having cheered for it or watched it. Yeah. It's kind of like Frodo wanting to give the ring to Gandalf. Like he's the most powerful guy. He seems like he's got the experience to deal with it. Uh, Butcher is like Gandalf without the wisdom of knowing that if he takes the one ring, it he's just going to become an even, even worse threat. Yeah. Um, Cause I even, he even has that, uh, he even has that. I forget exactly what he says, but when they first gave him the V, 
uh he kind of has that question like like that same thought about like well how do how do you know that i won't turn out to be even worse than homelander you know uh-huh. um so he's even self-aware but it's the desire for revenge that is 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 even even stronger for him yeah i, I love I wanna... all that stuff at the gun as a person who's been to several gun shows in the midwest <laughs> oh like God. that is like the fucking unvarnished it's yeah I remember what they were like 20 years ago and I remember and and like they kind of started off in a certain, you know, anytime you got someone that's like really into a particular thing, you always get the extremes of those. Uh, but like, holy shit, the, the modern day ones are fucking crazy. It's like a comic con with for weapons. Uh, yeah, wild. And just like a complete like through the looking class experience if you go to one. Um, but the right. gunpowder guy, did you, you did you recognize him? Uh, I I didn't until I saw the name in the credits and then Sean I was like, Patrick ah, Flannery. Yes. He is the non Norman Reedus member <laughs> of the Boondock Saints. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the only thing I've seen him in. I know he's he's in other things, um, mm. but uh, I and that's another thing. Like Butcher, is such an asshole. He is. I mean, you know, this gunpowder guy. I don't know how you feel about him, but he uses his childhood trauma as and exposing the fact that these, you know, gun toting rednecks will probably feel a certain way about it uh, to get him to give him the information. I mean, it's reprehensible, right? Oh, you sure. know, yeah. um, but it's just a, another thing that's like, there's no line that uh, uh, butcher won't cross and how he started off with like, you know, I'm your biggest fan and I like your guns. And then, you know, him dropping a bomb about the soldier boy abuse and it's like, who are you again? Like I said, I'm your biggest fan. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun to watch Butcher work, even though. Um, but the thing that I always feel bad about is like he uses these methods on anyone. Yeah. Uh, like he would use these methods on your grandma. He, he'd use this methods mm-hmm. on the worst war criminal on the planet. Uh, it's just like like Grace Mallory says, the colonel. You know, it's it's all about him and his ego and what he needs and what uh, what equipment and, and what powers that he needs to get a job done. It doesn't matter who gets in his way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk real quick about like uh, Serge and Kamiko uh, okay. because they're kind of the last, you know, two members of the boys here that we haven't really discussed. Uh, they it, it seems like at the beginning of this, they are just kind of working with, you know, butcher on his very much reined in version of hunting soups, uh, doing, you know, infiltrating parties where people are getting their dick holes blown up, uh, to try and put some, some soups behind bars. Um, and over the course of this couple of this three episode arc here, um, Kamiko starts to feel, even more bad about her powers. Um, like I said, leading to her telling Ryan, Hey, I hate my powers and I wish I never had them. Uh, Frenchie uh, slash surge is out there kind of like, he, he gets pulled back into the underworld by uh, his, his ex, um, who Francherie. Yeah. She, she has, had a drug deal go bad here. Um, she got all her drugs stolen. She's trying to leave the country and he's providing passports for her. And then he gets pulled in by this, this woman named Nina who they have a history too. 
Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems like everybody in Frenchie's life has a sexual history with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the real connecting dots here are Nina is Russian. And when uh, Butcher finds out about this and having heard from Mallory that the trail kind of runs cold on Soldier Boy uh, at the Iron Curtain, he decides he's going to use Serge's contact here to get some insight into Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how exactly this is going to connect, but right. his next best lead on the weapon that could kill Homelander is through Nina somehow. Because the Russians, he Russia. suspects the Russians of being the ones that killed Soldier Boy, so they must know about the weapon. Yeah, but like how this random person in America, the American underworld, <laughs> selling drugs gangster, would know yeah. anything about this? I, I yeah. have no idea. But I don't we'll start, he's, he's, he's going to start breaking kneecap and see see if that leads <laughs> other kneecaps to break. I guess so. Yeah, follow the chain. I, I did really appreciate some of the honest adult relation uh, conversations we saw people having, like Kamiko confiding into Frenchie. Uh, you know, I feel bad about those little children that the Crimson Countess uh, covered in blood because their like normal childhood is over, and this is like, and and I'm I'm never going to be fixed. I'm always going to, um, you know, because she went to that uh, theme park. You could tell it's like, you know, I just want to be a little girl and enjoy the roller coasters. And Frenchie's like, work first leads <laughs> to being covered in blood and guts. And her thinking, like, like I'm never going to be the happy little girl on a roller coaster. Like, what was stolen from these kids is something that was stolen from me. And, like, Frenchie's not being like, oh, that's not true. That's, like, just listening to her and kind of, like, accepting. Because that's the thing. It's like, uh, like, you meet uh, Kimiko. Is it Kimiko? Yeah, Kimiko. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've got a, 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 Yumiko on the Walking Dead. And I'm always getting confused. Right. Um, you got... Like it's it's normal to have those when you're recovering from some kind of trauma and you have something like going to a theme park that you think is going to be this moment of freedom and fun and like a step forward and it turns out to be a step back. There's this thought, there's this like a common you know uh, thought pattern is just like oh I I I tried and I failed and I'm never going to get better. Uh, the reality is like you know you probably should give it you know and uh, a month or two go back to the tr- theme park and try to ride again but like I just like that way to Frenchie just listen to her in the same way that I really appreciated the mother's milk conversation with his ex-wife where she's like mm-hmm. giving him the permissions like you know we can't be together because I can't live like this and but like I recognize this is something that you have to do um, and that I'm giving you kind of like my blessing and permission and I try to stay safe for your daughter and, but your daughter's going to be here for when this is done. If you want to come back. Uh, I thought that was really like, you know, like I would like to see more of this, like in McNulty in the wire, he's a mess. He's not a family man. He shouldn't be with a, wa- a woman or children, um, but he's a really good police officer and detective. So let him be that. And then if he has time for his kids when he's feeling good uh, and when the the weight of the city's murders doesn't pushing him down, then be there for his kids in whatever capacity he can be. But like this binary of like, well, you're going to be a family man or you could have nothing to do with your children. I, I really enjoyed the multiple honest adult conversations that people had in in these episodes yeah and i mean to play a little devil's advocate you can look at that and say well the child needs you to be a certain thing right um 
your your own priorities be damned because if you're not there for them that might fuck them up but it might fuck them up being there for them sure if you're not focused on them if you're blowing up in their face yeah uh, because you have this other thing on your mind your frustration of not being able to act on other things that you need to act on it's yeah there's a toxicity that can can kind of happen both ways so 100 percent. what do you do and it's a complicated question yeah was it the fighter uh that had um uh was it christian bale no not christian bale marky mark nightcrawler guy nightcrawler boris from no. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Southpaw. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Southpaw. Yeah. It reminds me of Southpaw. It's like that guy loved his daughter and wanted to be there for her, but he was a fucking mess. He had to go through and fix, like, resolve a bunch of shit going on in his own life and fix a bunch of things in his own life before he could be the father that he wanted to be. And, like, you know, like I said, she's not saying, like, go off and do whatever and get yourself killed. Uh, it's more right. of, like, I'm not going to hold this thing that you're clearly fighting you know, like that thing where he had just just raged out on the fire alarm and scared his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to get that all resolved. And when it's over, if you want to be like, you, you know, I'm not going to besmirch you. I'm not going to run you down uh, to your daughter. Um, ideally, you'd be here. But like, you know, she's got a mm-hmm. stepdad who seems like a big fucking dork, but he's pro- she's providing stability and love cool. to her. I'm, He's a big fucking dork. <laughs> I, I'm worried about that dude. I, I, did you see his reaction when Homelander gave his speech about no, no, I am not. Oh no, I didn't. I did, wasn't, he fucking I didn't. leans into that TV, eyes wide, thinking, "Hell yeah, Homelander." I, I don't know about this mm, guy, man. Maybe you're right, because like I could see that you know this would probably appeal to a lot of like the Walter whites of the world that feel like they're, you know, keeping their yes. candle, uh, their light under a bushel. And, you know, they, they're afraid to speak their minds because of whatever's going to happen. Like, yeah, it'd be empowering mm-hmm. a whole bunch of jackasses. Maybe he will be one of those. Yeah. That'd I feel like an, it's an kicked open the door for him to be a jackass. An interesting place for mother's milk to be left. Uh, speaking of the walking dead, uh, people here <laughs> did you realize who was playing the superhero at the the amusement park i i don't know her name uh Lori uh, holden yes He's talking about andrew from the walking dead the uh-huh. uh the heavyweight ugly crier uh belt <laughs> belt champion of the world yeah no i'm uh i i i perked up a little bit because i did i did recognize her in the scene where frenchie and kamiko uh go to talk to her yeah um, and, and you also get another cameo in the very beginning of episode one with uh, Charlize Theron playing oh, Stormfront. Oh, yeah, Stormfront. I forgot about that. Well, I mean, that, it's, this is a, a, a Eric Pritke kind of cameo, but I don't know if you noticed the actor who plays Soldier Boy, Jensen Ackles, is the other guy, uh, the other star of Supernatural, opposite okay. of the guy who plays the Deep. I've never seen this guy. I've heard. I haven't seen. That's the thing. I'm not a supernatural fan. I keep on like now that I've 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 heard the first five episodes, the first five seasons of Supernatural is very much Eric Pritke, and uh, it holds together really well until he leaves the. And so I kind of it's it's on my idea to like backburner watch at some point. But I know 
from previous episodes, previous seasons of the boys, there's a lot of crossover supernatural fans. So I would be remiss if I didn't throw out the fact that, uh, uh, we got another supernatural alum in a superhero costume. Yeah. Uh, I want to pivot away from the darker side of things here and the forces for evil and talk about maybe some forces for good. Okay. Because we have two people here who either are trying to flex their power for the positive or might be in the future. Um, the first being Starlight. She's mm-hmm. pretty obviously trying to reshape. She's taken Stan Eggers, you know, power is bending the world to your will line to heart. And she's trying to reshape the seven in a more inclusive and and good image. Uh, and I think, you know, her picks for replacing the two members who died, I, I think are are to that end, right? It's not just to piss off Homelander. I feel like it's partially to piss off Homelander. But also, I, I think she genuinely wants to make a more diverse and inclusive uh, seven. Well, see, I think it was almost like a rejection of that and going to a true meritocracy. It wasn't that this would be the first Muslim American woman on the seven. It's that her rescue uh, rates were super high and she's a UNICEF Fair. ambassador. Yeah. Like she's ultra. Yeah, she's a Muslim. And maybe that helps us with Q ratings here, there and that. But she is the most qualified candidate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I thought that, that, that they're kind of going for th- that rather because like you had her surrounded by like, well, if you pick her, she's uh, body, you know, she's black and body, body positive, but still fuckable because yeah, that's an important thing. You know, you can't have a right. You can't have a chub. You can't have a chubby superhero that no one wants to fuck. Oh, my, my God. Uh, yeah. It's like that kind of and her rejecting that and being like, you know what? Let's just get the best super. Let's get the best hero for the job. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if they're even going to subvert goes. that because I know that there's some criticism about like, you know, the idea of a meritocracy in a, a corrupt system stacked. Like, what does that even mean? You know, if you're taking the most yeah. qualified candidate, uh, what does that really mean? Um, but no, apparently not because she both of those uh, was it. I forget Moon, what her name was. It was Moon, Moon Shadow. Uh, huh, okay. And uh, the Silver Kincaid, both of those got exit stage left in favor of mm-hmm. the deep. Yeah, oh, in but favor I, I, of someone who's going to deeply upset her. Yeah, and offend. Yes, uh, but are you, you want to talk about the good. So what? What the 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 good folk here? So, so uh, it's Starlight, and and I think there's a potential here. He hasn't made this turn yet, but there is a potential for A Train to turn into like A-Train. a true ambassador um, for you know his people uh, by the end of this, right? Like in the conversation he has with his brother, he he he's very disingenuous about his rebranding. Uh, from from the jump he's like he's stuck in, in this middle ground where he has his powers but he can't really use his powers without risking death and so he's on the seven but he's effectively neutered and mm-hmm. he's trying he's struggling to deal with that right like wh- who am i now that i don't and i'm not the world's fastest man uh anymore and he decides on this rebranding of like well i'm gonna be a spokesperson for the african people uh and it's very disingenuous at first. And he has this conversation with his brother, which I think starts to crack that facade and say, well, you could be a real ambassador for change, right? Like you you could actually do something good if you just put your mind to it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because they name check Michael Jordan, who famously tried to Mm -hmm. avoid political 
controversies with the comment that like you know even Re- republicans buy nike nike too right um they're trying to set it as like you know but like yeah the fact that he's got this all this rebranding that it's but it's like you know he's trying to do it quote unquote for the culture without mm-hmm. like paying any attention to the culture so he's got a video game based on the middle passage slavery uh, he's got a cot, which I thought's like, okay, when he's got a costume rebrand, I thought they might go with like some kind of cool Black Panther kind of take. And it's just mm-hmm. this horrible, hideous clash of like, broadly speaking, Pan-African colors. Right. Yeah. Reds and yellows. And sure. Yeah. Like he took all those as a dashikis and you just like made a quilt out of it mm-hmm. and then made a the costume out of that. And like his, you know, like it's seen as like very naked uh it's just corny it's like opportunistic and and corny and rejected by the people he's trying to champion uh yeah. revealing himself to be ignorant about like you know basic plight of uh african americans in america um i but i don't know that like a train's interesting cuz like will he take heed his brothers what his brothers telling him will he do it for the right reasons and then if if there is a breakthrough in v and he can use it without any problems will he still remember those lessons will he be like at the you know will he will he drop you know pan-africanism as quickly as he dropped his friendship with the deep Mm -hmm. and his commitment to the fake scientologists as soon as he gets you know the thing that he really wants which is to be a train uh It's also interesting that like um, they are making him progressively chubbier. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. Because Homelander calls it out, and I thought that that was just Homelander playing mental games, and it is like because like A Train seems reasonably fit, but like I noticed that he has gotten a paunch that's gotten progressively bigger. Because like there's a character point; he has to eat thirty thousand calories a day. Yeah, but that's if you're using your superpowers and your super speed. If not, you're just eating your feelings. Like I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get like to a fat Thor shape by the end of this. Like, but that that'd be <laughs> interesting too. That like a train is mentally and emotionally and societally healthier as his physical health deteriorates. Sure, uh, could, could be something interesting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And, and it's weird too, right? Like he's at some point is uh, uh, just standing next to Huey and there, there's some like some line he says that really like brought home the point. Hey, this is the guy who killed Huey's girl in the first episode right. of the season right. uh, of the first season. And, and so, so much has gone on since then. It's like you almost forget that, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it was interesting. And I think we've pretty much covered everybody um, and all the main storylines here is did you did you want to talk about anything else specific? I think we ought to talk about like the big ridiculous moments. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> termite crawling through this guy's penis. <laughs> Uh-huh. The way they like, I thought it was kind of gonzo when he's because I didn't realize what's like, is he fucking a real doll or something? But then I realized he's in a dollhouse fucking a Barbie as like yeah. just like party as a party stunt. And then that got his boy, got his boyfriend all turned on. So they're like, oh, do that thing I like. And he shrinks down and he's like vaulting over these rails of coke. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. see the thing and I'm like, is that what I th- oh, my God, it's a giant dick. And I thought it might yeah, have been his anus at first. I'm like, no, oh, what? 
where's this thing going? And now, no, that's his dick. That's his dick. He's going up the way he's like, he's like scratching the insides and the way this guy's mm-hmm. acting. And, uh, it's guys like he's making his way to the guy's prostate and then he sneezes. And it, <laughs> I mean, this is like, were you familiar with the Ant-Man, uh, Thanos memes that like, this was like a meme going around right before in game that the way they're going to defeat Thanos is Ant-Man's going to go up Thanos's ass and then turn super size. No, uh, but I immediately identified what an awful idea this is. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're I I, I don't because again I haven't read the comic book, but I wonder if this is like uh, 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 where internet culture is kind of feeding back into the boys because I I sure I I kind of kind of think that this is a this is all a Thanos joke a little bit, mm-hmm. but clearly one of the craziest things that's ever happened to boys. Um, what you want to you want to name another fucked up thing that happened in these? Because I got a couple. It might be the most fucked up thing I've seen on the boys yet. Uh, I am deeply disturbed by this scene where Homelander makes the deep eat Timothy. <laughs> oh my god! I'm yes. Deeply disturbed, like on a fundamental, visceral level. I I cannot watch this scene. I will on be averting cer- my eyes tonight when we watch the. The, the episodes with the audience. Yeah, I uh, on 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 a surface level, mm-hmm. um, this is this baseline disgusting. You're eating a, a lot, a living octopus. I always think this is kind of extremely gross. intelligent creature, by the way. Yes, like, very intelligent. Maybe the second most intelligent creature on the planet. It's in the top five. And it always kind of skeeves me out when like I see like people eating a live fish or, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, and I get it like it happens in nature. But like it seems baseline disgusting eating this wriggling octopus. That's a that's 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 that's, you know, got an alien intelligence with some kind of intelligence. And then you Mm -hmm. add the fact that he's eating it alive and he can mentally communicate in English or yes. are on a high level with this to the extent, the extent that the octopus is begging for his life, talking about his family, saying a prayer as he's being eaten. And then you add to the almost certain fact that the deep has a sexual relationship with Timothy. Right. We see earlier in the episode where he is fucking his wife, but looking at the octopus and the octopus is looking at him. Uh, Mm-hmm. yeah there, there's something there for sure uh and we know that he's like fuck dolphins like he's got like mm-hmm. complicated relationships sexual relationships with these so he's eating his lover as it's begging mm-hmm. for its life yep it, it i mean i it shit it might be more fucked up than the uh urethral explosion because at least that was mm-hmm. consensual until things went wrong yeah that was an accident this is intentional this is evil um on the part of Homelander and it's Homelander do. And the fact that like, cause I was like trying to think of how I felt about, uh, the deep's wife, because we know that was like an arranged Scientology marriage, uh, or broadly speaking, Scientology marriage, um, a fresco fresco wedding. And you know, that, but they both escape Scientology. It's like, well, maybe there's hope for her and she's trying to be supportive. But when she texts him, just fucking eat the octopus. Mm hmm. And I don't know, maybe there's a little jealousy because she noticed him. She noticed him fantasizing about the octopus as he was fucking her. So yeah. I don't know. It was that that scene was just fucking vile, man. Yeah. Uh, deeply uncomfortable. Extremely. Didn't even <laughs> like the other one. I was laughing. This uh-huh, I was this. just like, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. 
yeah, this is one of those over the line kind of scenes that I'm not sure I even liked it because of how fucked up it is. Oh, what about Homelander forcing a girl to suicide or did he throw her? Because I almost the way she full know. body exploded and hit the ground so hard. I almost wondered if he didn't throw her down. It's possible. He definitely forced her to jump after she had changed her mind, which, yes, is super fucked up. It is why it's it, it's weird, though, the genuine candle that Homelander carried for Stormfront. Uh-huh. Uh, like, you know, this it's we got to see the required psychosexual weirdness of Homelander and him like cuddling her blood stain from her biting her own tongue off. So she drowned in her own blood, which mm-hmm. again, uh, I mean, the handjob scene is fucked up, too. It's hand not, job scene it's is not super like that's fucked anything up. normal, right? It's like one of the more tame things we see in these chunk of episodes, but it's fucked up. But that, that's the thing is that Anthony Starr's face throughout that whole thing where he lands and he's like, look. You're my designated rescue. I'm mm-hmm. already here. There's no power on earth that can have you hit the ground. So why why would you even jump? Right. To finding out the stormfront is dead and you know like seeing all that like play across his face. Andy Star is just an amazing actor because yeah. who the hell knows what even any of the stuff looks like and he's just doing stuff that is completely rock solid and him going to like you know actually jump. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit anymore. Oh, you don't want to? You're gonna Mm-hmm. I I just like I, sometimes I I empathize with people too much. I'm like, what what a mind fuck it would be to be that girl, that what, oh, what yeah. a what a what a character journey she went on in in a minute eighty, uh, <laughs> right? Damn. Oh, I'm trying to think of other fucked up things. I I don't know. That's probably about the highlight reel there. Yeah, we talked about a lot of them in passing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole Nicaragua scene was a shit show. It's kind of like a grim uh, counterpart to what they got up to in uh, the Suicide Squad. You okay. know, yeah. uh, like that was a funny scene. This scene was more of a, you know, just tragic assholes being tragic assholes. Um, the deep psychosis of powder, pow- uh, gunpowder. I keep on calling powder boy. Because uh, I feel like that's like that's what you that's what the uh, proud uh, the the soldier boy would call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'm because so it's my understanding. I know a little bit about the the comic, the the boys' background because I've just seen stuff and I've seen stuff in the coverage. But it's my understanding that like Soldier Boy is more a straight faced uh, critique of Captain America that he's just like just a super naive patriotic guy who's kind of a buffoon. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to do with that um, because it seems like they're taking him into a far more cynical uh, the boy you know the the the, the boys kind of like black shades of gray direction uh, with yeah. his abuse of his ward and all that kind of stuff um, and I think from the trailers I think he's still alive or yeah, maybe there's just a lot more him. flashbacks oh okay uh, yeah, yeah. C- could be could be yeah, I feel like they let the cat out of the bag. I, I think Soldier Boy is still going to be alive, and it's telling that like we don't actually see it, right? We get uh, one of the other soups in in the Nicaragua situation saying, "Hey, they killed him, and they took his body on they that took helicopter his that's already flying yeah. away." Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think he'll be back in in modern day. I assume he's still alive. I've seen for all mankind. I know how the Russians like to back backwards engineer American technology. I could see them, you know, having their own uh, version of V, Comrade yeah. V, not Compound V. 
Sure. And some of these soups would be easier to detain than others, right? Like gunpowder wouldn't be super hard if you take away most of his, if you take away his weapons yeah. and then put, put him in a super strong cage, you, you could probably do it pretty easily. What do you think of, uh, I thought they did a really good job of Homelander's speech. Cause that's the thing. It's like, um, I think, and maybe this is because I'm a delusional progressive, but I feel like uh, as a person who was raised very conservative and has kind of an ear for uh, uh, things of like, you know, what I, I thought that the dialogue they gave Homelander where he's kind of coming out and saying, I'm not apologizing, I'm not making mistakes. I don't know how they ripped out of headlines because like I feel like I'm seeing in real time like Elon Musk say shit like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and no, like, I don't know I'm no longer going to hide. I'm going to be who I really am. I've, you know, that was broadly speaking. I think this is supposed to be understood as kind of like how Trump positioned himself in the 2000, totally. you know, leading up to the 2016 election. But it works all like, like it seems like, like these megalomaniacal people have been given a playbook of like, this is the things you say. But the way that they, the, the, how chilling it would be to hear from someone like, like, like when Elon Musk says, there are people trying to cancel and silence me, the richest man in the world who's given you electric cars and fucking jet and, and rocket engines that land like Flash Gordon movies. If they can stop me, what chance do you, Joe Schmo, uh, have to 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 have your voice heard? Like, I think that's a mm-hmm. powerful resonating message that these guys are saying when Homelander says I'm the most powerful person on the planet and they've got me by the balls. That's that's a me- that's a that's a message that resonates with people who feel like because almost everybody feels like they got a boot on their throat at some point because probably because you do. Um, sure. I I just thought, really thought that they are steel manning a lot of these positions, you know, in a way that maybe sure. they didn't with Stormfront, where it's like, well, that's just mm-hmm. a Nazi. I mean, she's just know? racist. Yeah, she's just a racist asshole in a way that, like, I don't think when we say. At least I, I, it's my understanding when we say things are racist in the country, a lot of times we're talking about systematically racist, not like personal prejudice. Right. Um, I think they're doing a, 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 a good job this year of having, like, like, like I said, steel manning these positions to where you kind of understand why it would attract people like uh, mother's milk's daughter's stepfather, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do. Um, and it's easy to understand why these arguments could be so seductive too, um, because the counter arguments against them are much more complex to relay, uh, much, much more difficult to, to understand because they are based on concepts that run deeper than just, I'm afraid of what could happen to me if, you know, the, the government turns on me or whatever. Um, Fear is a very easy thing to communicate. Uh, a nuanced position is much harder too. So, yeah, I, I think they're doing a great job with that stuff. Um, I, I wonder where it's leading, right? Are we going to have... Because, you know, like, might makes right is not a very complex message either. Um, and I don't know if that's where they're headed with this. Like, hey, you need to just get down and dirty and, and get as nasty as they are. Or, or if that's going to be something that, like, the boys eventually rejects. I don't know. You know, the other thing I think that is the appeal of Homelander's tirade at the end of episode two, too, is this idea that the message we're being told to society. Like, for example, what is Homelander and Maeve? Everybody say at all the press conferences, you're the real heroes. Like, we kind of 
there's a kind of realization that's bullshit when you're talking about Homelander. He is just better than all of us. He is the real hero. Like there's something that like he we could be the real hero. He could also well, but, but, be the like, real but, villain. But, so when American, when America, when when we're as Americans told that we're all equal, you know, and that everyone's got just as many rights as everyone else, and then you put sure. that in the face of like Jeff Bezos and and uh, Elon Musk, who's going to Mars and all this stuff, that like like that's not true. They right, they're flexing are, their soft power via their wealth and and connections f- and all that. Have far much, far more economic power, political power right. than the average. So it's like, but yet we are told all the time that like we're all valuable and that uh, you know are uh, like individually we're valued. Um, so like having someone just be like, you know what, that's actually bullshit, and I'm tired of, of towing the pot. Uh, like like people instinctively trust them, even though like they can use that small kernel of, kernel of truth to tell an even bigger lie, right? Um, and that's the, the the part that's so devious, right? Um, right. It's so sinister right. about this is yes, there are kernels of truth to the lies they're telling, and they're using those lies and those kernels of truth to get you to fall into line into their line. Right. And and maybe as a society, we should stop telling big lies that we think are, you know, helpful. Like if we're not going to live up to the ideals, maybe, you know, we should stop pretending or (laughs) fix or like my fix the inequities uh, so that we are kind of equal and we all have this. uh, uh, Well, I mean, stopping pretending is the first step in that, right? Like you can't fix it. Admitting you're a problem problem, is the first step of recovery. And yeah. God damn, so many parts of America feel like we are just in complete. We we are in unhealthy relationships with ourselves and each other and are in complete denial. Um, and, you know, when we do when some of us do wake up and say, hey, there's a problem here. And I think broadly speaking, a lot of people can point to a lot of things in society and for very different reasons. Sure. Or with very different solutions, say, hey, there's a problem here. Um when the problem itself can be used as a means to further the ends of some powerful people um, and their agenda, I, yeah. How, how do you get past that? How do you not only get everybody to admit that there's a problem, but get on the same page with the solution when they're being fed a bunch of FUD, right? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I don't know. It's increasingly we live in a world where it's, it, it's very hard to get your arms around everything that it's possible oh, yeah. to know in the world and you have to rely on expert opinion more than ever. And yet we're having a crisis of confidence in those experts. Um, which they, they yeah. haven't really dealt. I, I know it's interesting to see if they deal with any of that in the boys too. Like, you know what, mm-hmm. when, when you reach a point where there is no more mechanism to get like, you know, if you want to appeal to a, a died in the world Homelander fan, what can you say to them to shake them out of their worship of Homelander? Because you're going to hear a bunch of fake news and that's media manipulation. And, you know, like there's already all these pre pre installed defenses against any kind of thing that would correct you. Like if you try to get right accurate information. So yeah, like what sources do you do? of truth are so muddied at that point. Yeah. At least the in the minds of people. Yeah. The institutions and even the idea of being an expert or be, you know, um, is, 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 is ridiculed. Yeah. What, where do you go from there? It's just everybody's fucking opinion, man. <laughs> right. And it keeps you from getting to the, the source of the real power that people do have, which is unity and working together. Right. Like that's the thing. You can have a Homelander say, look, I'm off my leash now and I don't give a shit what anybody says. And if, if they turn against me, I will just burn them to the ground. But what are you going to be the king over, man? 
If you burn everything to the ground, you'll be the king of the ashes. Great. Man, it's frightening though, because like that—that's I guess that's the ultimate scary thing is like Homelander could do that, and he could regret the decision later, but it's still already been done. I've read a bunch <laughs> right, of fiction right. lately that's essentially like, what if one person had the ability to unilaterally change world history, like like the the, the fate of everybody, like, and what if that person is the worst kind of nihilist? Uh, mm-hmm. That you they like the Stranger Things is playing with that season four. We just got done covering the first half of that. This three body yeah. problem, I think, is uh, the heart of that uh, is an issue of like, you know, what mm-hmm. if a person who's kind of like a nihilist about the world uh, decides to unilaterally make contact with an alien species and tell them, come and get us, you know, or <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, what if you had a human that like in the beginning of Independence Day, they show up and it's because another human called them and said, come and exterminate us because we don't deserve to live. Like, yeah. it's horrifying. Like what it was like a person with a, a ultimate power to make a decision. Uh, we always focus on like people that have that to do the right thing. But like w- mm-hmm. we're in living in a world where like one person could conceivably decide to push a button to make us all disappear. And there's nothing very clear that would stop them, you know? Right. And like Homelander is the ultimate expression of that. Cause like, yeah, Homelander could be the, the, the ruler of a corpse world and he feels real bad about it, but that's going to be of cold comfort to the corpses that he's ruling over, you know? <laughs> right. Certainly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's why this is so interesting to stuff. me and, and not just exciting. Cause we're going to get to see a bunch of, uh, you know, temporary butcher soup going up against Homelander, but also the, yeah, the implications for the conversations we have about this stuff in the real world. I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes, but I think that's about all I've got for this episode. These first three. Yeah. I'm sure we overlook some things because that's what almost always mm-hmm. happens when uh, you're you're covering these and we should get back to like scene by scene and uh, a yeah. little bit more clinical uh, or a little bit uh, more microscopic in our coverage going forward. By the way, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, DHS at baldmove.com is where you want to send your feedback. And it depends. Uh, we've been doing this a lot with the stuff that we've been getting screeners for. It depends if if we get a lot of feedback, like more than 15, 20 minutes worth, we might bust it into its own uh, midweek episode, feedback episode, uh, or we might just capture and we'll just like, you know, do feedback essentially a week in arrears at the end of each podcast. Again, if we only get a handful of messages, we'll probably do the latter. If we get a bunch, you know, 30, 40 minutes worth, we'll probably do uh, a second uh, feedback only episode. So that's that is our thoughts for these first three episodes. We'll be returning to episode by episode, scene by scene breakdowns next week. Uh, let us know if we forgot anything. By the way, DHS at baldmove.com is how you send us feedback about this show. Uh, depending on how much feedback we get, we may do a breakout feedback episode. Like if we get like just a handful, we'll probably just append it to next week's show. But if we get a good amount, we might uh, do a special feedback only show next week. We'll just see how it goes. Um, but uh, I can't wait to see the next episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed our coverage. And again, let us know uh, if uh, any detail that you want to bring out that we didn't get to talk to in this uh, mammoth three episode podcast, DHS at baldmove.com. We will see you next week. Again, this episode will drop since we have screeners and we've got the, the whole season. Don't have to worry about, you know, the, the penultimate or finale episode. Uh, these episodes will drop the exact same time Amazon releases them into the wild. So as soon as you're done enjoying the latest episode of The Boys, head to baldmove.com. 
Uh, search for Department of Homeland Security or Bald Move Pulp on your favorite podcast app, and the podcast will be ready, waiting for you to hear our thoughts and discussion. Can't wait to have you along for the ride. So glad that the boys is back. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>